that you're in the house of the Lord. Um, but tonight, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Hunter Mefford to make his way up here. He's going to be exhorting and teaching for us tonight. And uh, as he comes, if you would, just stretch your hands this way. And we're going to pray for him. And this is a young man that I have got the privilege to know for years. Um, he knew me in, in, in Ohio and in Hillsboro. I was his youth pastor then. And God has brought him and Courtney this way. And we thank God for that. But stretch your hands this way. We're going to pray for Brother Hunter as he comes tonight. God, we come before you this evening and we thank you for Brother Hunter. We thank you for the word that you've deposited into his heart and his life tonight. And Lord, I ask that he would speak your word with the authority and the anointing that your word has. Speak to and through him, Lord Jesus. And we thank you and we praise you for what your word is going to do as it goes forth. And Jesus, we praise you. In your name we pray, and church says amen. Give him a hand tonight. I'm proud of you. Praise the Lord tonight. Can everyone hear me just fine? <clears throat> Don't you love Jesus tonight? I'm not a very seasoned speaker, so uh, <laughs> pray for me tonight. <laughs> I just want to uh, deliver a word that I feel like the Lord's laid on my heart for tonight. Wanting to go to uh, Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 9, if you want to go ahead and flip there. I was just wanting to uh, give honor where honor is due tonight to uh, Pastor Ron and Debbie and Jade for allowing me to speak in their pulpit. It's an honor, and I don't take that privilege lightly. I was also wanting to uh, just thank the church real quick just for... Uh, your prayers and stuff for the uh, times I went through a couple weeks ago with my grandpa passing. I know several people just, they they was there for me. They said if I needed anything, they was there. And I really felt like I had a church family to lay on. And I'm really appreciative of that. <clears throat> so Proverbs 14.9 says that fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. Could you help me pray tonight? Lord, we love you and we thank you, God, for the opportunity to be in your house this evening, Lord. Lord God, I pray that your word would go forth and sow seeds in good ground tonight, God, not on the stony ground, not in the thorns, Lord, but Lord, I pray that this seed would land on good ground and that it would bring forth much fruit tonight, God. And that someone can leave here changed tonight, Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I was just wanting to kind of, I guess, more probably going to be a teaching than preaching. But uh, just wanting to speak on the subject of the deception of sin. 
So Proverbs 14.9 says that fools make a mock at sin. So what does that mean, that a fool makes a mock at sin? It means that they make a sport of it, or they take sin lightly, and they don't take it seriously. And I was just, I was thinking while I was down there worshiping tonight that uh, I remember that Jesus was mocked in the New Testament. He was mocked, and he was whipped, and they made fun of him. And I, it doesn't feel good to be mocked, Jade. And it doesn't feel good to God that you take sin lightly and you don't take it seriously. I was just going to ask the church that how many people knew of someone who doesn't take sin very seriously. I mean, we know we have family or friends or people that they just they don't take it seriously. <clears throat> and uh, there's believers, too, that don't take it seriously. So the two types of people is the unbeliever and the believer. So the unbeliever needs to know that they need to take sin seriously because judgment is coming. The Bible says that we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It says that in Romans 14, 10 through 12. And to avoid this judgment, you have to be born again. It says that in John 3, you got to be born again of the Spirit. And for the believer, there's a difference between willful sin and then sin from struggle. <clears throat> both, both of these situations, the believer needs to repent and they need to redo their first works. What it says in Revelations 2.5. And willful sinners, they need to let their pride go, and they need to forsake the sin. And Hebrews 10, verse 26, let me just flip there real quick. It says, for if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. And I remember reading this verse a long time ago when I was young in my salvation, and that verse really, it made me cry. It was, it, it was scary, but you have to understand what the verse really means. What it really means is that there's no more sacrifice for sins because Jesus' blood is the only sacrifice that's sufficient for your sins. <clears throat> And sin will make you believe in something that is a lie. The Webster definition of deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. So I want to look at the biblical example of Genesis in chapter 3. In the Garden of Eden... So keep in mind the deception that you're going to see here. In Genesis 3.1, it 
It says, Now the, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made, and said unto woman, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the serpent, he's making, he's making a mock of the sin. He's saying, Did God really say that? Did God really say, You shall not eat of every tree? And then, again, down in verse 4, the serpent again mocks Eve and says, Surely you won't die. Surely you won't die, and you shall be like a god, knowing good and evil. Down in verse 5. The serpent tried to justify that sin, Jade, by saying that good's going to come out of this sin. You're going to become like a God. It's going to be a good thing. Do it your way. Church, <clears throat> we can't justify our sin. We can't. We have, to, we have to repent of our sin and be justified by His blood, which it says in Romans 5, 9. We've got to turn away from that sin. <clears throat> in Genesis 3... Two through three. Eve knew that she was eating of the fruit of the tree of good and evil. It was a sin because God said it was. He says it later. I think it's in Genesis 2. The Lord commanded, saying, Of every tree of the garden you shall eat, but of this one tree, the tree of God, good and evil, you cannot eat. So, church, this is a lesson to us that we need to read our word and we need to know the difference between the truth and of a lie. In Genesis 3 and 6, even Adam both took of the fruit and they did eat it because it looked so good. So church, we have to be careful with sin because it can look good, it can feel good, and it can taste good, and it can be desirable. But the Bible says that that sin is only pleasurable, but only for a season. And the eyes of them were open. In Genesis 3 and 7, the eyes of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. <clears throat> Church, we need, that sin's going to open up your eyes, and it's going to make you examine yourself. When they opened up their eyes, they knew they was naked. There's consequences for your actions. And you can try to fix it for yourself like they did. They tried to sue an apron. But you can't hide it from God. God knows it's there. But if you take it to the Lord, He has a covering for you, which is His blood. He's overcome the world. He's overcome the sin, and He's overcome the world. He's been tempted at all points, yet without sin. Church, I just... I know this is a short message, but I feel like the Lord is just speaking to be just cautious and conscious. Don't be hard in your heart. If the Holy Spirit is convicting you of sin, it would be foolish to. We need to take our sin seriously because our God is holy, so we need to be too. <clears throat> and then some prayers that you can just get out of this
for uh, I just something you can pray this week maybe would be just to examine yourself and ask God that if I'm blind to a sin, if I'm if I'm making a fool of myself by mocking the sin, Lord, just open up my eyes to see it, and that the Holy Spirit would just chasten me and correct me so that I know the right from the wrong. Just pray that the Lord would open up your eyes to it. And then on the other part of 14.9, the scripture says that the righteous will have his favor. So when you get right with God, you're going to be back in favor with God. And then last prayer, you can just pray that, uh, that the lost family's eyes would be opened and that they would take sin more seriously. Because uh, we don't want to stand before the Lord and that uh, we don't want to stand before the Lord knowing that we could have did more for our family. We don't want our family to be turned away from the Lord and saying, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. We want them to enter into the kingdom of heaven as a good and faithful servant. I'm going to turn it over to Jade. Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, and as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.